Welcome to the Testimony Word broadcast from the Cupid's House Chapel International. Our mission is to bring healing, transformation, and meaning to the lives of people in different societies with the good news of Jesus Christ. When you allow yourself to grow in a relationship with Him, you start getting filled up. When you are full of the Spirit, eh, you will be restrained and constrained from doing some things that are not of honest report. God's servant delivers the word of truth with clarity, simplicity, and dexterity. Here is Pastor Francis Aubin proclaiming God's mind to you today. Father, we thank you for this blessed moment. We give you praise because you are here to edify us through your word and to bless us fully. May your name be praised in Jesus' name. Say a big amen. amen. Awesome. I would like you to turn your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 6. The word of God said, The kind of battles we find ourselves in is a spiritual battle, and therefore we should put on the full armor of God. And in verse number 6, It says that, and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Verse 3. Shall we read it together? One go. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Praise the Lord. I would like us to stand and read it from the NIV, verse 6 only. NIV, verse 6. Let's read it together. One go. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience when? Once your obedience is complete. Beautiful. Praise the Lord. Please take your seat. We're talking about blessing. Paul was speaking to the obedience of the churches. And he got to the church in Corinth. And he was telling them that though we walk in the flesh, our battle is not after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, but they are mighty through God. To the pulling down of what strongholds. Please notice that when Paul said the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, they are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. He was not talking about prayer. 
The first thing he was talking about was not prayer. The weapons are many. But contextually, the first thing he was talking, he was telling them about the reality of warfare, was telling them about the warfare being, your mind being the battleground, devil taking people captive, and the fact that there are high things that must be brought down, things that must be brought to a level of compliance with the will of God for our lives. And the first thing Paul was alluding to as a spiritual weapon was not prayer. Does it not surprise you that Apostle Paul did not see prayer to be the foremost tool or weapon or spiritual weapon for the spiritual battle? I am surprised because over the years, our fathers has taught us how prayer must take the lead. And I am surprised that Paul is telling us here that prayer must not take the lead. But something else must take the lead to make prayer and every other thing work. That means that we need to restructure the way we have been taught and the way we see things. If we are where we are and we are not seeing results from the Lord, we should begin to think about how we have been taught over the years. And I'm not saying in any vein that I'm teaching better than any father in the faith or whatever because I have also come from the traditional constellation. And I know how I was thinking. And possibly a lot of room was given for us to think that something was something that was not. Because that's what happens when you open the door ajar upstairs and you don't close the door or you don't define the terms of reference. We will use our own assumptions and perceptions and uh, determine what the variables are and possibly we will make secondary variables primary variables. And by the time you know our generation thinks in a particular way but the foundation may be destroyed. And the Bible said, when the foundation is destroyed, the righteous is in trouble. That is why we have to go to the basics. Because, okay, let's do a a simple random survey. All the time when you heard that the weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal, they are mighty through God. What came into your mind? Please, if you are not afraid and you are in the presence of God, talk right now. Or hereafter, hold your peace. What came into your mind? I'm just telling you that we need to look into the Bible for what the Bible says. So that the man God Jesus has saved will be thorough. Will be what? And will be fruitful. Because not every believer is living a fruitful life. Because when teaching is not straightforward or when teaching is wrong, life cannot be straight. So we need to look into the Bible for what it says. So there are battles we are in, but prayer is not what's going to save us. If we put prayer first, we are in trouble. And you will understand why it is so. Now, in verse number 6, it's saying that with all of these things that we have to deal with, 
we will not be able to deal with them until we come to the NIV of the verse 6. And the NIV of the verse said, and we will be ready. That we will not be ready until this is on ground. Ask somebody, do you think you are ready? Because you pray? You are not, you are not talking to me. <laughs> so that I'll give you some topic. He said, and we will be ready to punish Every act of disobedience, I'm telling you that the believer who is not obedient is nowhere near readiness to punish, to avenge, to deal with anything that is coming from the pit of hell. You are incapable, you have no capacity to do so. Even though Jesus is in you, you are still not in the position. To deal with the matters that are before you that are spiritual. Hey. And I didn't say it. Maybe when I read it in full, you will understand. The matters before you are from verse 3 to verse 5. Then in verse 6, it says that, and verse 6, and verse 6, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience. You see, Anything Satan is doing against you is an act of disobedience because the will of God is there and Satan is making things happen in a, in a contrary way. So, when demons rise against you, there is a reason why they succeed. And there's a reason why you are unable to take care of that business. There's a reason why you are unable to bring demons to their place. There's a reason why you are not able to control the activities that evil people do around you. And the core reason why you are born again, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And yet, you are unable to deal with all this insubordination. All this, um, he used some other words I wanted to, I want to remember. All this insurgency against you is that your own obedience is not complete. Look at the scripture. NIV, I love you. And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. Once your obedience is complete. Do you see a condition right there? And this is not Old Testament, please. This is New Testament. You see, when people are teaching you that anyhow you do is okay, it's not Bible. And they attach that to grace. That's foolishness. Because until your obedience is complete in Christ, you will not be ready. Ready, that word ready there, I wish we'll find the root meaning because that word ready there means that you will be practically capable. You will have the capacity to deal with whatever is trying to deal with you. So some people, when he says somebody is ready, it means that preparation is top notch. Skill is sharp. It's a sharp shooter. Are you here at all? It's not even everyone preparing who is ready. So, he said, you are ready to deal with things when your own obedience is complete. Oh boy. There are many things God has been doing for us. eh? It's like freebie. 
if he were to go very technical and based on principle, many believers will not survive. Why? Because we, we are born again and operating with a spirit of disobedience. And that makes us not ready for any victory. I don't know if I'm preaching. Did I pour cold water here? So, without obedience, what will you be able to deal with? And that's why I'm telling you that when Paul was saying that we have power to deal with spiritual things, invoking our spiritual weapons, prayer was not the first thing. The fundamental thing he was talking about is obedience. Is what? That when your obedience becomes the foundation of your operation, prayer will work. Titan will work. First fruit will work. Your faith will work when you are in obedience. Nothing works until obedience is on ground. Please, can we see the NLT? Because that one was saying some nice things there. The NLT says that, and after you have become fully obedient, that means that some people are obedient, but they are not fully obedient. Half, half. And half Obedience is full disobedience. After you have become fully obedient, we will punish everyone who remains disobedient. Anything that remains disobedient can be punished when your own obedience is full. So you have to ask yourself, am I fully obedient? I like the amplifier also. The Amplified Bible said, being in readiness to punish every insubordinate for his disobedience. When your own submission and obedience, submission and obedience are fully secured and complete. Tell somebody the issue is small margins. I can't hear you. It's a very beautiful Sunday morning. And so you need to talk. Preach with pastor. Tell somebody the real issue has to do with small margins. Now tell somebody that I know you are willing. But the margins are disturbing you. The margins. The margins. Tell somebody the margins. The margins are your problem. But I know you are willing. You are willing. You love God. But the margins are no. 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 Yes. Hey. So you see that people really love the Lord. And they wish they would do something great for the Lord. But they don't do it fully. Yeah, they don't do it fully. I mean, what's the essence of paying a tithe that is supposed to be 100 Ghana and paying 99? You have just wasted the 99. You, you must have, you should have blown the whole thing now. Because once it doesn't measure up, then it's equal to zero. Are you here? Come on now. Are you sure you are here? I'm just thinking. Because, you see, it would be nice to see you in heaven. Oh, yes. It would be nice to see you victorious here on earth. You are in spiritual warfare with disobedience. I will show you what the Bible, the Bible is very, I love the Bible. I don't know why I love the Bible. Can you tell me why? I really love the Bible. Oh. I will show you how people who walk in disobedience but still want to walk with God. 
and deal with the devil are treated. Oh, I'll show you. Show them. <laughs> so most people think that power is a function of lengthy prayers. No, sir. The end product of radical, rugged, and colossal prayers offered in the spirit of rebellion produces strange fire. Yes. Nothing in heaven or earth will answer to you until you exemplify obedience to God. Nothing. You will not be able to bring anything under subjection until your obedience is complete. So, Satan is actually permitted to resist the man who rebels against spiritual orders. Satan is permitted to do so. Sickness, poverty, and demons will continually resist the authority of the man who does not follow simple instructions from the scriptures and leadership. You'll be totally resisted because you don't follow what the Bible says. We should follow what the Bible says. We should not reject the word of God. Praise the Lord. That is obedience. I will show you what it means to be born again, be walking in disobedience, and what is likely to happen. In Acts chapter 19, verse 13 to 16, then certain of the vagabond Jews, exorcists, took upon them to call over them, which had evil spirits, the name of the Lord Jesus, saying, we adjure you by Jesus, whom Paul preached. And there were seven sons of one skiver, a Jew and a chief of the priest, which did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus I know. And Paul, I know. But who are you? Osune, who are you? And the man in whom the evil spirit was, was, leaped on them and overcame them and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. Now, here in the scripture, we know that there were so much miracles in the verse 11. The Bible makes us understand that God wrought special miracles by the hands of Paul so that from his body, handkerchiefs were taken. Paul was not special. It's God who decided to wrought special miracles because he was obedient. Bible is giving us a comparison or it's just contrasting the position of Paul and the position of these exorcists. Paul really didn't call himself a miracle worker and exorcist, but these people had a title. You can have title, but if the undergirding spirit is a disobedient spirit, demons will deal with you. Title doesn't change the minds of demons. I'm an exorcist, I'm this, I'm a priest, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that, I'm that. That is for children. We are talking about real things. So the Holy Spirit described the sons of Sceva as vagabonds. In the church, they were vagabonds. When they say somebody is a vagabond, it means that that person goes against fatherly authority. It's fatherless. Are you here at all? It's behaving like a bastard. It's a stubborn chap. chap. And the news is that Satan is intelligent and knows who to submit to and who to oppose. 
And Satan ain't submitting to any vagabond. He is not doing that. You, you cannot be more stubborn than Satan himself. And if you are not more stubborn than him, he's not submitting to you. He's going to beat you. So these vagabonds, the reason that Satan will not do so is that lack of regard for instructions empowers the enemy to strike believers harder and stronger in everything. And Jesus gave authority and power to all believers, but not everyone will be able to bring Satan under their subjection, as Luke 10:19 says. So here we see these people who are saying that we also, they in fact called for sick people and people having demonic problems. Come, we are doing a conference. Imagine the speaker of the conference trying to cast out a demon and demon just said, foolish man. What do you mean? Jesus, we know. Paul, we know. It should tell you that Satan knows everyone's level. And the level they are talking about, they are not talking about the level of the anointed. He's talking about the spirit you're operating with. He didn't say they were not anointed. In fact, they belong to the house of the priest. But they were vagabonds. They were what? I can't hear you at all. Is a scripture not there? Certain vagabonds. Verse 13. Vagabonds. Question is, are you a vagabond child of God? It's a major question. This is not session A. This is session B. And this is a compulsory question. This time around, it's not 15 marks. This is 30 marks. Every other thing is just 10. Are you a vagabond? Who is a vagabond? They don't hear word. Not a hear word. A vagabond is somebody. Okay, what can Mati and Sumin find? I've heard, but I'm not going to work with it. I am set in my way. You follow me, I don't follow anything. That's a vagabond. A vagabond is a stubborn chap. A vagabond is a stick naked person. They see the truth, they have their own operation. Hey, a, a vagabond is somebody who is operating without the proper preparation and qualification. That's it. We are doing no Like some of these pastors in town who are just doing anything at all, batting people, and all these are vagabonds. In every institution, there are wheat and tares. Tares are vagabonds. Are you here at all? I can't hear you. Are you sure you are here? Yes. So, these were vagabond. It has nothing to do with anointing. And please, you can really be gifted and you are still a vagabond. I'm saying something. You can be gifted and you're operating with the wrong spirit. And I'm not even talking about the spirit of the devil. I'm just talking about the spirit of disobedience. Which of course, invariably, ultimately, is not from the Lord. It's from the devil. But it's not like I'm talking about you have gone to some shrine and they have given you an idol, blah, blah. No, no, no. I'm talking about you are in church. You think you are born again. But whatever you are doing is against what the Lord tells you to do. That's a dangerous thing. Praise the Lord. Am I preaching already? When you, like this house, we have a culture. We can be fasting and from sisters, and somebody will say that, as for me. 
As for me. <laughs> the Bible says that <laughs> God respects obedience more than sacrifice. We say we are doing 12 days fast. He said, as for me, I'm going to do 100 days fasting. So you do the 100 days. Uh, when the 12 days came, you know, he said, you know, you have done your own. You are not, it's, it's like you are not in line. So even though you did more days than we did, it, it doesn't please God. Because you are not in line. You are a vagabond. Hey. And all your 100 days are seen to be very, very, very dirty and rotten in the sight of God. Because you are not in line. Your obedience is not what? Complete. It's not what? Your obedience is not what? Eish. So here, it's important that you and I know that even though they were exorcists, this time around, the demons cast them out. Rather than they casting out the demons. He said, we adjure you. By Jesus whom Paul preached. And look at what the demon said. And there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jews. Oh, please, please, please move on. Be progressive for me. 15. The demon said, the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Please (laughs) tell somebody that demons, they know you. Pastor may not know you. But demons know you. They know your level of obedience. Whether it's full or it's not full. And say, hey! So you are the devil, I bind you. Clap! Shulaka kutapa. Demons say, hey, 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 hey. Shut up! Sit down! Keep quiet! Some people should not anger devil so. Because your obedience is nowhere near complete. Hey! They said, Jesus, I know. Paul, I know. Then look at the question they ask. But who are you? Who are you? Who are you? It's a major question. I think the theme of the preaching should be who are you? Please, singing and fornicating at the same time. It's not ministry. It's not working with God. Preaching and fornicating or stealing at the same time. is preach being in church and still being an internet scam. Froster. It's, 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 not, it's not like everything goes in the kingdom. There are measures and levels. Praise the Lord. I'm preaching. I mean, being in church and cohabiting with a lady or a man you have not married. It's, you can dress well, oh, but the demons know you. The demons, they do what? You see the preacher I'm preaching, you see that some people don't like it. You are sitting in air condition, you are sweating. Ask somebody, I never some crying. Obedience must be complete. For you to bring everything that is not working 
in line with the will of God to submission. These people who were disobedient guys, the demons beat them. Oh, look. And the evil spirit answered, who are you? Verse 16. And the man in whom the evil spirit was, he leaped on them. He jumped on them. Said, today be today. And he didn't jump on them. He overcame them. That's how sickness can overcome people. Poverty can jump on people and overcome them. This is how misfortune can jump on people and overcome them. You are praying, you are fasting, but the spirit is undergirding your preaching is disobedience. And I'm telling you, the fasting will do nothing. If you like, mopperize, vaporize, evaporate. Nothing is happening. Pray all the prayer rain. Deal with all the spiritual feathers, spiritual mud, spiritual broom. Or deal with all the whatever you have been taught. It's not going, I'm showing you scripture. And that is why, really, it takes people who want to go somewhere to be part of certain ministries. Because you, you can just be wasting your life somewhere thinking that something works and it doesn't work. Because your foundation is wrong. When foundation is wrong, you are in trouble. You can pray and perspire. Huh? On disobedience and your result will still be zero. Because as you think that you have really dealt with the demons, they are about to leap on you. Ask somebody, are they about to leap on you? And are they about to overcome you? Some people, God gives them money and they forget that it is God who is the source of their lifting. All of a sudden, you have changed towards God. All your philosophy is changing. Friends are telling you things. And you see that prior to your fall was that you started embracing things that were not honoring God. And demons started leaping on you. Leaping on your business. That was doing well. Demons started leaping on them. Because with the spirit of obedience, you have the help of God. You have the protection of God. You have answers. You have power to deal with any disobedience from the pit of hell. But if you don't have complete obedience, brother, no matter the opportunities you have, just watch them go down the drain. Because it doesn't take prayer to sustain what you are doing. It takes obedience. Obedience to God. He said, tell the obedient. Isaiah 119. He shall eat the good of the land. If ye are willing and obedient, you eat the good of the land. Are you here at all? It's not my pastor is Pastor Francis. Who is Pastor Francis? Like, I wouldn't die. Oh, one day by the grace of God. I will die and go to heaven when my work is done. Are you here? Who your pastor is is not, is not part of the equation. If your obedience is not complete, your pastor may be the most anointed, but we, the anointing on a disobedient head is still a disaster. I attend the keeper's house. Not everybody here will make it. Your obedience will determine what happens. Even in the 
country that has, I don't know the country that has a higher, higher per capita income. And I don't think it's America now. Whatever, there are so poor people there. Are you here at all? So even the wealthiest nation has a poor people. In a blessed church, there will be people who will be struggling because our obedience levels are not the same. Listening to the same word, same Holy Ghost communicating to us, but people have different levels of obeying the word of God. And your degree of obedience determines your degree of blessing. It determines your degree of power. It determines the degree to which demons comply. When you speak, are you here at all? Some people say, I'm tired. God even understands. God doesn't understand. A machine does not understand there is no fuel in the machine as you work. Because you don't have money. It won't work. You put fuel in there, machine will work. That's it. When you are born again, there are benchmarks. There are what? I, I think this time you are in a proper church. You have to talk to pastor. When you are born again, there are what? Before I come even into anything, first fruit and all of that, let me tell you, you don't leave your wife and go and chase other things and think God, God understands you. God doesn't understand you because you have a, you have a libido. Brother, why did you sit here? Did you want me to use you as an example? You can't go a certain weeks without what? You can't. If you were in prison, will you die? Stop, stop. Stop misbehaving and thinking that God is a fool. If you are separated, because Valentine is coming, I need to use the love matters. If you are separated, it's not a reason why you should be firing somewhere. Because God doesn't understand that kind of thing. Adultery is in the Bible. And he mentioned it. If you have traveled, it's not the reason why you should be doing that. Not being around your church atmosphere or people who put you to task. It's not the reason why, you see, freedom. Your obedience must be complete. Look at people travel with escorts. And in no time, Except they have devil's power producing money for them. But I'm telling you in no time, you will see that God doesn't support foolishness. I know pastors who go to do program. I'm telling you. Look, it's high time you stop seeing pastors as special people. I know pastors who go and do program maybe from Accra to Cape Coast they will arrange prostitute for them. Anywhere they go, there must be arrangement. That the work is stressful. They have to distress. How does a pastor distress with a prostitute? It's a shame. And all the demons you are casting, if a pastor, you are listening to me, listen very carefully. After a while, you see, the Bible says the demons, they go, and when they are coming, they come with more wickedness. After a while, they will show you that the ministry is not done that way. They will beat you. Look at verse 16. Today we got trouble with them. And the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on that may no demon leap on you. And overcame them, may no demon overcome you. And prevailed against them. 
How did the Bible use all these top, 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 top words? Leap, overcome, prevail. I thought overcome is a synonym to prevail. The thing has overcome you. Something can overcome you, but you may be given opportunity to overturn it. That you can eventually, like the Bible talks about um, God. He said, a troop shall overcome you, but in the end, you shall overcome them. That is, but this one, you have been overcome, and it has prevailed over that. It has tied you down, pinned you down, handcuffed you, and imprisoned you. You are not coming out. You are totally incapacitated. Because your obedience is not complete. And look at that. When they prevailed, the demon, so that they fled out of that house, naked and what? Wounded. Charlie, demons. Anytime you are in disobedience, think about demons wounding you, nakeding you, beating you, beating you, injuring you, Naked in you. That's why it is not possible to be disobedient and not end in shame. It's not possible. It's not possible. So in our case where we are maybe talking about first fruit in the first month of the year and all of that. How do we apply it? The thing is, first fruit, if God didn't give you, you are not required to give. Tell somebody, if God didn't give you, don't give. But if God gave you, your test is a test of obedience. Yes. God is never asking you to give what he has not given you. He is only telling you that when you go to that land, that January, the first fruit that come out of it, give it to me. So there must be fruit coming out of that land for you to present to God. So if nothing came out, don't give God anything because you only give what you are giving. But when it came and you make a decision, oh, that I want to chop some margin. I want to borrow inside. Someone says, he said, I've entered the first route inside. Hey, hey, you look at somebody and say, hey, hey, hey. Think about beating, injuring, and naked in. Stop it. Tell somebody, stop it. I can't hear you. Tell somebody, make it lively. Tell somebody, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Hey. But there are blessings in obedience. There are what? Blessings in obedience. Too much blessing. Praise the Lord. I think the message is good. Is it good? Are you sure it's good? Yeah. Actually, in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 7, the Bible makes us understand that obedience is a learnable virtue. Hebrews 5 7. Shall we read it together? One go. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he would fear. Next verse. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the many things which he would suffer. So this is talking about Jesus. Though, you see, that's a, he, when the Bible uses though, 
Jesus was a son. That's he here on earth. Jesus on earth was not, God did not change the principles for him. He had to also go through the same thing we are going through. That even though he was fully God, once he was here on earth as a son, he had to learn to be obedient. And it is in this obedience that Philippians 2 says that because of that, God has exalted him and given him a name. So it is impossible to be obedient and be, and be uh, demoted. You have to be elevated. You have to be promoted. Praise the Lord. But it's a learnable virtue. He learned obedience through the many things he suffered. Can I tell you something? The first point of call for you to walk in obedience is not through affliction. Jesus learned by many things he suffered. But the first point of call after Jesus for anybody to walk in obedience is instruction. It's when instructions fail that affliction will teach you obedience. I say it again. God's first point of call for people to walk in obedience after the death of Christ is instruction. When instruction fails, affliction is the only thing that will teach you obedience. And the former is better, smoother than the latter. Are you here? Some people allow themselves to go to jail. That's where they stop stealing. Why do you stop stealing in jail? When you have every opportunity to stop stealing when you are free. Thou shalt not steal. That's an instruction. So when you see something that is not yours, don't take it. You will never be in jail. But some people will wait until they are in jail. And then the jail conditions will say, why, why am I stealing? Five years. To be taught how not to steal. When you, you could wake up one day and say, no more stealing. Magi, because the instruction says, thou shalt not steal. Instruction, clear. 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 Some people learn how not to fornicate by losing a womb. Yes, you just get pregnant. You just go and do abortion. Something bad happens. You know, that's how you learn how not to fornicate. Now, umpa unyi mi biyemu na feri wejai. Like, ask somebody, why do you wait for affliction to teach you obedience when the easier way is there? Instruction. Tell somebody, instruction from the Word of God is the easier way. Follow instruction and make your life well. Clap your hands and bless the Lord. Hallelujah. This morning I feel like an Orthodox Roman father. Clap your hands with a clap offering in church. (laughs) What a joy. I'm feeling it. Are you feeling it? Should I continue preaching? There are blessings in obedience. Jesus was highly exalted because of his obedience. When you are obedient, the curse will be broken. The curse will be broken. There's no curse that's going to work well against you when your obedience is complete. 
Because you will have the power to bring everything under subjection in the name of Jesus. So these people were saying that we cast you out in the name of Jesus whom Paul preached. Did you see that they still use the name of Jesus but they had trouble? It's not everybody using the name of Jesus that will have peace. There must be obedience on ground for the name to work for you. The name is not working for disobedient people. I say, when I pray, I pray that I'm not seeing result. Check your obedience. Check it. You have to check it. I have seen pastors suffer. And I told myself, I won't suffer as a pastor. And why? Because some pastors think it's their right to collect tithe. But it is not a responsibility of their faith to pay tithe. You collect tithe on behalf of God. From all children of God. Question I want to ask you is that, are you an adult of God? Are you not also a child of God? Pastor, where is your tithe? To God. So when God is blessing based on honoring, honoring him, being obedient to the word, you are always bypassed. That's why you are always begging. And I've heard that they say that it's a wrong saying that someone like Bishop Oedipo said that if you don't tithe, life will be tight for you. Some people say it's wrong, but it's true. You have to be in church enough to know that people who dishonor God, things become really hard for them. And when we are talking about all these things, then people say, but how about unbelievers? Was God ever talking about tithe and he was referring to unbelievers? The first fruit, was he referring to any other nation? He was talking to his children. Because this kingdom operates in a certain, Ghana is not Togo. Togo is a free port. You can import a car there and you will not pay a duty. But if you bring that car to Ghana, you must pay a duty. Because Ghana is not a free port. Togo is not Ghana. Ghana is not Togo. The dynamics are different. So car is not car in Togo because, car is not car in Ghana because it is car in Togo. No! The elements around cars in Togo, they are different from the ones around the same car in Ghana. So if an unbeliever is Togo and Ghana is kingdom of God, know what works. Yes, I will drive a car and the police are stop. Almost stop. We sure off. One register car. We say, oh, me the free Togo and tea. Why not? I hate Togo. Me busao. I cry alone. We are talking about the kingdom. This is how believers prosper. This is how we operate. It's not unbelievers. Unbelievers are rich. This week you saw uh, somebody, you know, all over social media. They, they, They have their life. And we have our life. Are you here at all? Yes. And Bible says that don't compare one, yourself with one another. They have their life. We have our life. Hey. And we don't know how they make their money. But it's possible to be a believer and be rich. And be successful. But you need to follow the kingdom way. If you don't follow the kingdom way, the kingdom power will fight you. Yes, the kingdom power will fight you. Rather than blessing you. So that's, that's what we should know. 
Leviticus 23. <laughs> Blessing. 23 verse 10. Leviticus 23 verse 10. I'm just taking you. Just follow me very carefully. It says that, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the first fruit of your harvest unto the priest. Have you seen that? You came to the land. You reaped a harvest. And he said you should bring what? A sheaf of the first fruit. In verse number and verse 11, he said, and he shall, oh, verse 11. And he said, bring it to the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow after the Sabbath, the priest shall what? Wave it. So the priest is waving it on which day? Which day? Now read it well. Verse 11. Put it there. Put it. The Sabbath is for seven days. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow. Do you understand morrow? The next day after what? After the Sabbath, the priest shall what? Wave it. So here we see that for seven days, the seven days of Sabbath, God says, do this for me, blah, 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 blah. Nobody should work and all of that. But on the eighth day, I want the priest to do a waving of your first fruit before me. And when that happens, he says that you shall be accepted. So here, the waving, the word accepted, that means you will be favored before the Lord. As your first fruit is waved by the priest. So in the Old Testament, when it was quite regimental, it was a she, the priest that waved it on behalf of the member. Are you here? Because the priest was the only person who could stand before God. But now in Christ, all of us are royal priesthood. That's why I'm not waving it for you. You are waving it to yourself before the Lord because you are also a priest. Praise the Lord. Verse number 13 says that so 12 says that you shall be accepted you shall be accepted um i mean bring this in 11 says you shall be accepted so when it is way favor will locate you praise the lord this year the real thing that is bringing favor right from the beginning of the year is the first fruit this that you'll be accepted you see, he uses the word in verse 11. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. To be accepted. God is accepting it for you. That he's receiving it. And he's receiving you. And you are obtaining favor. That God has put you in his register. That you are here because you honored me. And because of that, favor must come upon you. And he said, on the morrow, that should happen. So, seven days, no one is working. Sabbath. He said, on the eighth day. What's the significance of that? The eighth day was the first day of work. And he says that on that first day of work, look at verse 17. The priest should move. Verse 17, please. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of to tent deals, they shall be of fine flour, they shall be baking with leaven. They are the first fruit unto the Lord. Verse 20. Verse 20. 
And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruit for a wave offering before the Lord. With the two lambs, they shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. So here, the Bible is making us understand that the priest is standing there and he's waving it. And as he's waving it, there is an intercession that is going on. But your first fruit being waved on the eighth day means that you are starting life from sleep in a place of blessing and favor. Eight day, new beginnings. That there is no new beginning until you have entered into a very good covenant relationship with the Lord. So as you wave the first fruit, this is how you're going out to work. Because the eight day is the first day of work. This is how favor meets you as you go out to work. This is how blessings meet you as you go out to work. That's how after this time, there is no month that you will suffer in Jesus' name. Because first fruit is on ground. It's been waved. It's been waved. And he said that the priest will stand there and they will even make an intercession or intervention wave on the eighth day. And it will produce favor. So, when I want to pray for you, one of the things that I will tell the Lord is, God, this lady, she honored you in the beginning of the year with her first fruit. That's what Hezekiah did. Except you say Hezekiah's prayers should be torn out of the Bible. If we shouldn't tear it out of the Bible, then there is something called the because factor. That because of that, God did not allow him to die. You can't honor God and life will disrespect you. You need to understand. Look at Ezekiel 44 verse 30. Ezekiel 44 verse 30. He said something. Let's read together. And the first of all the first fruit of all things and every oblation of all, of every sort of your oblation shall be the priest. Ye shall also give unto the priest the first of your dough. That he may cause the blessing to rest in thine house. He may cause. So I have a responsibility. Based on where God has put me. That as you are waving. I should speak that the blessings of God should come and dwell in your house. Oh boy. Have you seen a house that a curse is dwelling there before? Have you seen the repercussions? Terrible. So now think about a house that has the blessing dwelling there. Nice. Sweet. Everyone is doing well. Yeah. They don't push too much. But something is working for them. But when there's a curse also in a house. Lepers. All kind of bad things are happening premature because there's a curse there. Madness. Things don't work. But he said, the priest will cause the blessing to dwell in thine house. That's, I don't care if fetish priest gave birth to you. Once you are honoring God, we should cause the blessing to dwell in your house. And it is God that's mandating the priest. I pray that from today, blessings will dwell in the house of Antonia. Dwell in the house of Evans. Bless in the house of, it will dwell in the house of Fred. It will, are you here at all? This year, blessings will dwell in your house. Shout a louder amen.
You have been listening to the testimony word broadcast from the Keepers House Chapel International. Locate us at Madina Estate, Accra, off the social welfare road between the Gulf Lane Station and Wawan Washing Bay. Follow us on Facebook at the Keepers House Chapel International. Podcast and audio rima at Reverend Francis Auburn. Visit our website at www.keepershousechapel.org. One word. For further information, call 0244-177-831 or 0204-916-168. Experiencing Jesus, Bethany Ministries.